Blog Talk Radio.
Uh, well, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host tonight. Just uh, taking some time to worship the Lord and just praising His name. So we just want to open up in a word of prayer tonight. Just kind of see where we go from there. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your goodness tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're a gracious God. We thank you, Father God, for everything that you're doing in our lives. And tonight, Father, we just give you glory. We honor you. We reverence you. We hallow your name. Father, tonight we just pray your kingdom come and your will be done. Father, we pray, Lord God, your plans and purposes, Father, would go forth into the earth. Father, you would just arrest every heart. You would tug and draw every heart to you. And, Father, begin to download your destiny inside of the hearts of every man, every woman, every child. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you'd raise up a standard of your word. Father, raise up a standard that's covered in your holy blood. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your good gifts that you've blessed us with, your blessings. Most of all, Father, we thank you for yourself, Lord. We, We thank you for the opportunity to know you to spend time with you, to experience you in a mighty way. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just ask that you would open up the doors and let your spirit come. Father, fill every hungry heart tonight. Father, move every hungry heart tonight by your spirit. Father, tonight, Lord, we pray for the nations. We pray, Father God, that you would begin to shake every nation, shake every country, shake every continent for the glory of Jesus Christ. Father, you said that your name is the name above all names. That Jesus is the only mediator between God and man. He's the only name whereby men and women can be saved. So tonight, Father, we pray that the proclamation of the gospel, we pray, Lord God, that your name would be proclaimed throughout the earth, that your glory, Father, would cover the, the earth like the waters cover the sea. And, Lord, we pray, Lord God, that you would thrust out the laborers into the harvest. You said they are ready. They are ripe. They're ready, Father God. They're primed for the picking, Lord. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would begin to gather your people. You'd begin to raise up an army, Father God, that is full of faith. That is full of faith. Men and women anointed by your Holy Spirit. Moved. By 
by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we ask tonight, Father God, for we know it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your Spirit. But Father, unless you build the house, unless you build the temple, unless you build your church, Father, we labor in vain. So Lord, allow us to labor in cooperation with you. Allow us to labor in obedience to you. And, Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would root us and ground us in love. For you said faith works by love. But, Father, you'd put a trust and a confidence inside the heart of everyone that names the name of Jesus. Father, for those that don't know you, Lord, rip the blinders off their eyes. For those that are standing in the gap for their loved ones, for their family members, for their friends, Lord, we pray, Father, just put a holy boldness on the inside of them, Father God, that would bring glory and honor to your name, that would bring salvation, that would bring salvation Father, you are a healer, and we proclaim your healing power tonight. We declare, Lord, that you're a healer, and we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for your healing power tonight. And, Lord, we just give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Lord, raise up those that are sick in their bodies. Father, you told us to call for the elders of the church to anoint with oil, to pray for the sick. Well, Father, tonight we declare the oil of your Holy Spirit is pouring out on all flesh. The oil and anointing of your Holy Spirit is pouring out on all flesh. Lord, you're raising up sons and daughters to prophesy. You're raising up sons and daughters full of faith and full of glory, Lord, to go forth to do miracles, signs, and wonders as they proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, as they declare your word, Father, you said you would confirm your word with signs following, Lord. So we pray such a confidence and such a peace in the hearts of your people. We declare no weapon formed or fashioned against them will prosper. No weapon formed or fashioned against them will prevail. Lord, we thank you tonight. We thank you tonight, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you're just tuning in tonight, we're at www.prayerinternational.org. That's our website. You can reach us on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Prayer International. This is the radio portion of our ministry. We also have some videos and some devotionals online. And we'll be adding to that throughout the year, throughout the months to come. We just encourage you to check us out, pray for us. Begin to partner in prayer with us as we proclaim the gospel to everyone that will, everyone that's got an ear to hear that they would hear what the Spirit of God is saying throughout the earth. We pray that you would begin to raise up a standard, raise up a watch, that you would stand in the gap wherever you are, whether it be in your home, whether it be in your neighborhood, your community, whether it be on your job or 
in a place of ministry, whatever it is, in your local church, in the marketplace, wherever you are, we pray that God would use you mightily to proclaim and bring the kingdom to those that do not know him. You know, Jesus said that we're to preach the kingdom of God. We're to proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. We are his ambassadors. And he, Jesus, is our king. And we come not in our own strength, not in our own authority, but we come in the authority of Jesus Christ to proclaim liberty to the captives and set those that are oppressed free. Set those that are sick in their bodies free. You need to call in tonight. The call in number is 619-638-8458. All right. Praise God. Having some problems. Uh, I didn't realize I was muted, so. Anyways, glory to God. Well, like I said, this is Prayer International Radio. If you're just tuning in, we are going to have a time of prayer for a little while and just kind of get into the word of the Lord, and then we'll go back into worship and then just kind of see what the Lord leads us to do from there. Um, We'll be taking some calls probably around the 11 o'clock hour. Until then, we'll just be praying and sharing the word. A little bit different than the format we have been doing. Uh, Typically, we like to start out in worship, but we will uh, not be on a switchboard probably for about, you know, 30 minutes. Praise God. Well, let's pray for the nation. Let's pray for Jerusalem. And let's just lift up the needs of our nation. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord. You said in Psalm 122 to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But, Father, right now, we lift up Israel, Father. We set a watch for Israel. We set a watch for Jerusalem. We pray, Father God, that you reveal Yeshua, Jesus, as the Messiah. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you bring truth to the people, Lord. You said they were the apple. And they are the apple of your eyes. But Lord, we pray, Father God, that as we celebrate you under your newer covenant, that those that are celebrating you under the old covenant, Father, you would bring them into truth. You would bring them to salvation. You'd bring them to the knowledge of your glory. Lord, let your glory return again to the people of Israel. Let your presence, let your Holy Spirit return to the people in Israel, Father, we pray for your peace. Father, you said your peace passes all understanding, but you give it to us not like the world gives it. Father, it's, it's a different peace. Jehovah Shalom. Father, we declare, Lord God, nothing missing, nothing broken, paid in full. You paid the price in full. We declare your blood is speaking for Israel. Your blood is speaking for Jerusalem. But, Father, you're releasing your glory covering. You're releasing 
your goodness. Father, you're touching the heart of the people in Israel, touching the hearts of the people in Jerusalem. Father, we thank you for your protection over them as there are crisis situations, circumstances in the Middle East, Father. We pray, Father God, your protection around them, that you would surround them like the mountains surround Jerusalem. You said you would surround your people. So we declare, Lord, surround your people. Surround your people, O God. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for your unending love that you have towards Israel and the people there, Father God. We just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. Father, right now we pray for America. God bless America. We say God bless our country. God bless the United States. God bless our leaders, Lord. Raise up godly leaders. Raise up men and women that are full of your spirit. Raise up men and women that have a capacity to lead this nation into truth, to lead this nation by your spirit. And, Father, we pray that you would begin to set men full of your Holy Spirit into different offices, into different functions. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Set them into different places of leadership, Lord God, and we pray that there would be a godly, Christ-like influence, a Holy Spirit influence, a biblical influence in our nation again, Lord that you would bring us back to our roots, Father. That you would bring us back to our roots, Father. And we just ask this in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, praise God. Sorry about that. Just having some connection difficulties tonight. Um, I got dropped there. Well, you know, sometimes things go real smooth, and then sometimes we have to kind of just deal with the circumstances or whatever's coming our way. But, you know, I wanted to continue to pray tonight and just lift up a prayer over the nation's You know, we're doing this not only to pray for Jerusalem, not only to pray for America and pray for the needs of men and women and their families and ministries and and what's going on in their lives, which we try to be faithful to do. But we're doing this to be a glory and honor and praise to the Lord. A lot of times you'll call in or listen in, and you'll hear a lot of worship may hear a lot of declaring of the word of God, preaching and teaching. You may hear different people called in, sharing their hearts or their testimonies or sharing the word of the Lord, whatever the case is. We're trying to create a place where God is glorified, not only on the internet, across the airwaves, but just in our own hearts. You know, it's one thing to do that in a church or on a radio show or television show. 
it's another thing to just have a heart that is constantly looking to worship God and praise the Lord and and do things that are pleasing to the Lord and, and that should carry over and not only in our personal lives but in our families, in our homes, in our workplace, you know, in our ministries, you know, our neighbors, friends and family should be able to recognize that we carve out a place, that we consecrate a place, hallow a place to make God, to make Jesus, to make the Holy Spirit in our lives the first and foremost. And so as we endeavor to do that on the show, realize that we don't just do it for the show's sake. We don't just do it because we're ministers or trying to have a ministry, but we do it to bring glory and honor to God. That's who we are. We're his people. It's a relationship. It's not a religious show. It's not a tradition. But what we're doing... What we're doing is for the sole purpose of God's glory. It's not so that we can have a big ministry per se or have a show or whatever. You know, we enjoy uh, Christian broadcasting. We enjoy the programming. We enjoy the time that we have to talk and minister and fellowship with other men and women of God. We enjoy the, the time we have to pray and and join corporately across the United States and around the globe with men and women that want to pray for their nations or pray for their situation. And we're honored. You know, it's an honor and a privilege to do this. It's not that we feel like we're something because we've been given the opportunity. You know, a lot of times in many of our religious circles or tradition circles, uh, men and women that have taken up leadership roles sometimes put themselves in this elitist crowd that they're untouchable or they say, think they've arrived to a certain place or position um, of stature and they carry themselves as if everyone around them should serve them. They carry themselves as if everyone else is inferior and they don't have to, you know, be human or or whatever the case is. My point in saying that is this. Jesus taught us, you know, our Lord, the the God that we proclaim, Jesus, his example was that the first should be last and the last should be first. His example is that we're to be servants. You know, here was the God of all creation who humbled himself and came down in the form of a man By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was deposited into a virgin woman and was born in the earth, born flesh and blood. And he had all the power of heaven at his command. He could summon angels. He could create miracles. He could do pretty much anything he wanted to do that the Father was allowing him to do. Yet, with all that power and all that authority, 
and all that stature being the God of all creation. We're talking number one. Every name that's named is below his name. Every name that is named is in submission to him. But yet he chose to be a servant. Here he was with 12 disciples, one of them being a traitor, Judas. Called him a devil. So we'll say 11 true followers. So here he was with his 11 true followers and one devil. And he decided to wash their feet. He decided to humble himself and serve them. And he lived a life of service. He lived a life of servanthood. And he gave us that as his example. He gave us that. He said, imitate me. Learn of me. Partake of me. He did that to mentor us as his believers, his disciples, so that we could be like him. That's that's the goal. Clothe ourselves in Christ. Be Christ-like. Live a life that's worthy of the calling. Well, what is that life? It's a life of servanthood. It's a life of serving. It's a life of giving. It's a life of sacrifice. Sometimes we get so wrapped in what I call the bubble, the Christian bubble, and religion and tradition do more to stroke a person's ego than to really step them in alignment with the kingdom of God. And you'll see this. Now, I'm not putting down pastors and teachers and evangelists, church leaders, teachers, you know, Sunday school teachers or uh, intercessors, whatever your role is, whatever function you function in, if it was given to you by God, if, if you were called into it by God, then by all means, walk worthy of that calling and consider it an honor and a privilege that you have that opportunity. But, you know, we need to begin to walk and carry ourselves as men and women of God, especially if you're in leadership, especially if you're in a place of authority. If you're in a a church and you're in a, a pastoral role of some sort, whether it's senior or associate or youth pastor or children's or whatever it is, if you have a ministry and you carry a position or title as a director or operator or president or uh, reverend or bishop or whatever it is, you need to carry yourself with humility. The Bible says, that with the spirit of meekness, we should restore those that are fallen. And with the spirit of humility, we need to raise up others to a standard where they can hear the voice of God and go out and carry forth the great commission in their lives. That they can fulfill the assignments of God and the destiny of God for their lives. And the only way we can do that is to walk with an attitude of servant leadership to humble ourselves and take on the form of a servant. That's what Christ did. 
That's what the disciples learned to do. That's what the early church, which we call the church that was formed in the book of Acts, the day of Pentecost in the upper room, as they gathered and prayed until the Holy Spirit outpoured upon them and baptized them, filled them, immersed them in the glory of God. Their life from there on out was a life of sacrifice. It was a life of servanthood. Spirit-minded people, not carnal-minded people, not self-serving people, but God-serving people. Now, with that being said, a lot of times in our religious circles and tradition circles, instead of being God-fearing and God-pleasing, we become people-pleasing and people-serving. Now, when I say that, don't don't get confused. We're, we're to serve others as the Holy Spirit leads us. We're to be servants in the process of serving the living God and bringing glory and honor to his name, bringing glory and honor to who he is. But we're not to be man-pleasers. We're to be God-pleasers. We're to put the needs of God first. We're to put the plans and purposes of God first. Well, those things are outlined in his word. He's very clear. He's very clear in his word on what he expects from his people. Now, you may have different leaders in your church that have expectations. You may have different people in your friends or family, uh, the circles of influence that have expectations on you. But when it comes down to it, the only one that you should be serving and the only one whose expectations you should be meeting are those of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are the Father God in heaven, Jehovah God. And in order to do that, really, now there's a sense of morality. Most people, whether they have God or not, have a sense of right and wrong. And sometimes that's right on, and sometimes that's a little skewed or a little jaded, a little off balance. Even people without the Holy Spirit in their lives, even people apart from Christ, some have, and even you'll find this in other religions, there's a general sense of right and wrong. In most nations, murder is a sin. It's considered wrong. In most nations and most religious beliefs, stealing is a sin. It's considered wrong. And we could make a list that goes on. And so even those that don't have God, they don't have the Word of God, they don't have the Holy Spirit, still have a certain sense of right and wrong. Now, there are people that are demon-possessed. There are people that are mentally ill. There are people that have a lack of understanding. And maybe their sociological upbringing uh, gave them a whole different view, a whole different worldview, a whole different mindset on what right and wrong is. But for the majority of people out there, People know right from wrong. Our nations make laws which our nation, the United States of America, the one that we're preaching in, uh, our laws were founded originally on the Word of God. Our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, 
our Declaration of Independence, what we declared as being a standard of morality for our nation at one time, and not so much anymore, unfortunately. But at one time, these things were based on what the Bible teaches. These things are based on God's standard. And that's why for so many years, for so many decades and centuries, the United States of America was a blessed nation. One nation under God. But as we find ourselves moving away from those things as a people, as an individual, as a nation, as a family, as a church, as a community, whatever the case being, when we find ourselves moving away from God's standard, when we find ourselves getting away from the things that God's telling us to do, we'll find that our sense of discernment and our sense of morality and our sense of right and wrong, our sense of com- connection and communion with the Father becomes offset. It becomes imbalanced. It becomes misaligned. That's why it's so important that we have a proper foundation in our lives. How can you build anything in life, anything that you see, anything that you, uh, any object out there has some type of structure or some type of foundation around it? A house has a concrete slab or a pier and beam foundation. Most uh, vehicles have an undercarriage that they use to build the rest of the car around. It's got a foundation. Okay, most buildings, most things that you look at have some type of foundation that they build the rest of the structure on and in or around. And without that foundation, it's not possible to build things properly. It just doesn't work. So the Bible says that if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Jesus said he was our chief cornerstone, a rock which everything else is built upon. And if you don't have that rock, if you do not possess his word within you, if you don't understand his standards, then everything in your life from there on out will not be proper. Now, we're talking about the plans and purposes of God tonight, I guess. I don't really know what subject you want to label it. We've kind of been all over the map tonight already. But, you know, it's very important that you stand on the Word of God. It's very important that you have an undergirding and an understanding of what the Bible teaches. Now, many people would say, well, I don't believe that that's God's word. Many people would believe it's just some sense of morality that man created so that there could be order in the universe. But as you begin to read the word of God and you begin to ask the Lord to reveal himself to you and reveal truth to you, once you receive the Holy Spirit into your life and he begins to help explain to you what is written in the Bible, you'll see that it's a divinely inspired book. In fact, the Bible itself says that all Scripture is God-breathed. 
All scripture is God breathed. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. The reason being so that whenever you read it, you can become fully mature, fully fully equipped, fully prepared for the things that God has for you in your life. In fact, Jesus himself said that man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every means every. Now we could take the written word, which in the Greek, the word written is the word logos, logos, which means a written inspiration. It's something that was written, set in stone. Another word that you'll find in the Bible is the word rhema which means a living, active word. Now, the difference is, is one word from God was written down. The other word from God was actually spoken. But both are equally important. You need to have an understanding of the written word, the Bible. And you need to have an understanding of the way the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and leading you and guiding you whether it be personally, whether it be through your leaders and your authorities. The thing is, as God said, Jesus said, he's the good shepherd, and we're the sheep, and, and his sheep know him, and the voice of a stranger, they won't follow. And if you're following the good shepherd, if God is your good shepherd, if Jesus is your good shepherd, and you've left your heart open, see, the Bible says, today if you hear his voice, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 3 and chapter 4, it says, today if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Why? Why does it say that? Because the minute you harden your heart, it makes it more difficult to hear the voice of God. That's why the Bible tells us to guard our heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. But if you'll begin to guard your heart, and preserve your heart, guard your spirit, you'll begin to fill your mind and your heart and your spirit with the Word of God, then you'll enlarge your capacity to receive the words of God. You'll enlarge your capacity or your ability to have an understanding of what God is truly saying to you. Why do we do this? Well, see, Christianity is not just a moral doctrine. Christianity is not just some tradition or ceremony that you do on a Sunday or a Wednesday night. For some people, it might be that. But that's not what God originally intended. That's not what God originally intended. God intended for his people to have a relationship with him. God intended for his people to hear his voice. That's why it's very important that we prepare our hearts David himself said, I hide your word in my heart so that I don't sin against you. 
They said, Lord, let the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. The way we do this, just like God taught us in the Old Testament, to meditate day and night on his word, to meditate and not let it depart from our mouth, to, to set it continually before our eyes and keep it continually upon our lips. Part of God's plan. It's the way he wanted to do things. So we need to have an understanding of the Word of God. We need to have a relationship with God through His Word, but not just through His Word. See, walking with God is more than just having a Bible study or picking the Bible or the Word of God apart. He wants to commune with His people in spirit and in truth, which means the Holy Spirit wants to come into your life. He wants you to have a heart-to-heart communion with God. He wants to have a heart-to-heart talk with you, a heart-to-heart relationship with you. But yet he wants you to have a capacity and an understanding of what truth is. And so we need that balance. We need the spiritual, and we need the biblical. We need to come to a place Where we have that balance, that healthy balance in our lives. And when we do this, it'll bring glory and honor to the Lord. So listen, we're going to take a break for a minute, go into a time of worship for a little while, and then we'll get into the Word. I really just wanted to kind of introduce tonight. I think we've done that, and then some. So let's do this. Let's just go before the Lord in a time of worship and just ask his blessing. So, Father, we just commit to you. We just ask, Lord God, that you be glorified. Ask that you be worshipped.
throne of God. Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. Immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne set in heaven. And one sat on the throne. Father, we come standing before that great white throne. The throne that's been established from eternity. The throne which is surrounded with transcendent radiance. The angels, the seraphim, beauty everywhere. The river of fire that flows from your throne. Oh, we love to stand before your throne, O oh God. We love to stand before the throne of God. divine encounter. We want to be lost. 
I watched till thrones were put in place. And the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow. The hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was like flaming fire. Its wheels were like a burning flame. Oh, the throne burning with flaming fire. river of fire flowed from the throne of God. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before the throne. And the court was seated. And the books were opened. The river of fire
God is upon you because he has anointed you to preach
and all who are thirsty and all who are come to the fountain and if you are
walking around with their fingers in their ears singing da 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 I don't want to hear the sound of the coming king. But he said, he said, well, I have held my peace. 